2: Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Jermaine Flood. Hello, Coach Charlie. Hello, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, sir. I am doing good.
0: How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing just great. It's just been a wild couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, yeah. I feel you on that. I feel you on that. And and now today we've got to fix cars. we got to fix cars
0: today. <laughs> got to put you in the right traction
2: (laughs) Got to get us in the right traction mode. That's right. And he's talking about what we're talking about today. Traction control systems. Our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Coach is standing right by to take all of your automobile questions. But Coach, you already know, traction control systems has a definition. What does it do? (laughs) Now, they say now, I don't know who they is, but they say It is typically a secondary function of the electronic stability control on production motor vehicles designed to prevent loss of traction of the driven road wheels. That was a lot of words. And TCS, which is traction control system, is activated when the throttle input and the engine power and torque transfer are mismatched to the road surface conditions. So let's put it in layman's term. Okay,
0: Traction control is used to keep your wheels from slipping on wet uh, pavement or slick pavement. It is keeping the wheels so you go straight, so you don't hydroplane, so you don't run off the road. Mm-hmm. It tries to keep you to have traction at all four wheels.
2: Mm-hmm. Not like a four-wheel drive.
0: Not like a four-wheel drive, but so if you have a all-wheel drive vehicle traction control is going to be on all four of them, okay? It's really going to be on whatever the pulling wheels are, okay? okay, Or if it's front-wheel drive, it'll be on the front wheels. On the rear-wheel drive, it's going to be on the rear-wheel drive vehicles, okay? Now, it does combine with ABS, and when I say ABS, that's anti-braking systems. Okay. Okay, so it sort of works along with that as well because that is to keep you from – running into the rear, the rearing mm-hmm. somebody. Mm-hmm. So it really mm-hmm. all works together. Any of these systems that you have on the vehicle that is um, so stability track or if it's traction control, if it's ABS, they all interchange and work
2: together. Okay. Now I've seen that traction control button. It's the one with the car that's slipping. Right. It has little squiggly lines, two little squiggly
0: lines on it. That is the traction control button.
2: Okay. So you can either have that on
0: or off. Most people when you when you first get in the vehicle you crank it up, that little squiggly line will come on Mm -hmm. and it should go off. Okay. Okay. The only time that it should stay on if you push the button where it's inactive Mm -hmm. or there is
2: a problem or something. So tell me this, why would you want to turn it off? It seems like I would want it on all the time. Well, there are certain
0: situations if you're like a four wheel drive or something like that, and if you're in mud and stuff like that. Okay, uh, you would have it off. But really, what it's made for is for driving down the highway on hard pavement. Okay, that's really what the traction control is for. Uh, just say if you're on a you, wet day or dry a, day. On a wet day or dry day, because just well think about uh, snow that has melted and it froze again, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna have black ice. Right. Okay, the engine—I mean, the vehicle itself determines when that traction control should be on. Okay. Not you. Okay. You can cut it off completely, but as it's working, the vehicle itself determines when it's working, when it's not.
2: Okay, okay.
0: And due to that, it feels— You have wheel speed sensors on a vehicle, and what a wheel speed sensor is, it determines how fast those wheels are turning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you turn a curve, one wheel turns faster than the other, okay, so you can get around the curve. right? And so what the uh, speed sensors do, they monitor that, they send it to the computer, the computer analyzes it, and then it tells if you are slipping or if it's just regular
2: driving. Mm-hmm. So this will help you to not fishtail, basically. Right.
0: You can't. Uh, well, just think about uh, when you're trying to spin your wheels. Uh, if you had a stall and if you know what a stall is, that is where a transmission, they put a torque converter in and it revs up real fast mm-hmm. and then you can spin the wheels. Yeah. Well, this you can't spin the wheels. Like I do this. that every
2: day. Yeah. yeah, you, yeah. Can't. <laughs> you can't really do that with this. Okay. Cannot spin the wheels with the traction control right. on. Yeah. It tries to Keep them
0: from spinning. It okay. wants to, to grab.
2: Okay, and on a day like today, it's rainy today, so traction control would come in handy. It in real handy. It just, you know, we
0: it really comes in handy when you have a lot of rain or a lot of water, or a lot of ice. You know, I was thinking about uh, I was looking at the weather station, and uh, Florida had all that hell and uh-huh. it looked like snow. Well, what a good day to have traction control,
2: right? Right, you know, it'll right. keep you
0: from slipping off
2: the highway. Right. So there's more that goes into the traction control systems other than just that button. Like you were saying, there's so many more pieces and parts that kind of go into it, so we can delve into that a little bit.
0: Right. If you think about traction control, it runs off the engine, it runs off the transmission, it runs off the drivetrain itself, and the braking system. Mm-hmm. Just because that light comes on and stays on or it's flashing, that may not be... The traction control problem. It okay. may be an engine control problem. It may be a transmission problem. Okay. So there's a lot of different things that go into making that traction, can, traction control work. Okay. It's not just push the button, yeah, it's going to work. Right. Well, it's a lot of components. If you think about any components that's electronic on that vehicle, they all intertwine.
2: For that. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, we'll get into some more of that. Coach, let's get into some emails. Tell me about the email you received. Well, I, well it wasn't an email. It was a message on my phone. Okay. Somebody texted me. They just I'm said,
0: excited about they it. They said that uh, he was in a shop. He was working. He goes, I'm listening to your show. He says, I love your show. He says, I didn't know you knew so much about automotive uh, technology and all, but hey, it is great. <laughs> and then the, the only thing that when they said it was great, he said, y'all even make it fun. Yeah. There's other things that we interject, and He
2: loved it. He said he loves our show. Well, we, ex- we love him to love our show. That's right. We love doing it, too, don't we, Coach? Oh, we do. We, love <laughs> we do love doing it. So let's get into um, an email. So this one says, Dear Coach Charlie, good morning. I love autocorrect, but I don't usually have a chance to listen to it. However, about two weeks ago, I was listening to the show when you were discussing using high octane fuel in your wife's Mercedes. I'm considering purchasing a Mercedes but I do not want to pay for premium fuel as all Mercedes vehicles are supposed to burn. Can you please repeat what you said about burning high octane fuel? Why is it or is it not necessary? And does high octane fuel burn cleaner than lower octane fuel? Please let me know. Thank you for your time. This is coming from Michael Anthony. As we talked
0: about fuels the last couple weeks, high octane fuel, you got the 87, the uh 93 and the 81 whatever you got those three different uh fuel octanes and what happens the high octane fuel is used for high compression engines mm mm-hmm. Uh, A lot of times, if you have a high compression engine, you're going up a hill, you may hear it pinging or something. Well, that was for not having the right octane to fuel. Okay. Okay. So what they did now, they put a high octane fuel in them and they quit pinging. And what my, what I think about that is the first place you were, you are going to get better gas mileage because of the high octane because they, they put a little bit more different additives in it. But. The pinging and the knocking, they have did away with that, and it's not fuel-related mm-hmm. because now they put knock sensors on cars. Okay. The, okay. Knock, the knock sensors listen for that ping, and automatically it adjusts the timing, and it takes that ping out of that vehicle. Okay. So it don't knock anymore. Right. So they created a way where you could still use the fuel. They still want you to use the fuel, but they took some of the uh, engine problems out due to— Uh, the knock and then the low-octane fuel. Okay. And if you think about what that pinging noise is, you're hearing uh, detonation, pre-detonation, and different fuels are more stable in the cylinder Mm -hmm. and higher the octane, more stable the The, fuel.
2: Okay, and no pinging. No pinging. Happening. Well, maybe this will help Mr. Anthony purchase a Mercedes.
0: (laughs) Well, like I say, we had Mercedes for years and years, and I never used
3: high-octane fuel.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, take it from coach. Take it from coach. Jay, what you thinking about back there about the high octane fuel?
3: Well, not about that specifically, but you guys were talking about traction systems. And I was just going to, I was, the, the first thing I thought of is how I think about 99% of Americans learned about any kind of traction systems on cars. Is anybody immediately thinking what I'm thinking? No. Okay. <laughs>
0: we didn't want to have no traction. Hard we wanted to burn. We wanted to listen, burn both wheels. This
2: is where everybody learned it. Could be this. ascertained simply by looking at a picture. Would you like me to explain? I would love to hear this.
4: So would I.
2: The car that made these two equal length tire marks had positive traction. Can't make those marks without positive traction, which was not available on the '64 Buick Skylock.
5: And why not? <laughs> what is positive traction?
2: It's a limited slip differential, which distributes power equally to both the right and left tires. The 64 Skylark had a regular this? differential, which anyone who's been stuck in the mud in Alabama knows. You step on the gas, one tire spins, the other tire does nothing. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Why that do it? I remember no, that? there's more. You see, when the left tire mark goes up on the curb and the right tire mark stays flat and even, Mm -hmm. well, the 64 Skylark had a solid rear axle. So when the left tire would go
6: up on the curb, the right tire would tilt out and ride along its edge. But that didn't happen here. The
2: tire mark stayed flat and even. This car had an independent rear suspension.
3: My Cousin Vinny. Well, oh. Yeah, oh. If, you, if you think about that. She was in court. Yep.
0: You <laughs> think about the positive traction and you think about traction control now. You know, we can't have that positive traction because it's hard to spend those wheels on new vehicles because that's what traction control is. Right. It holds it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Did you remember? I did. (laughs) You remembered that from the movie? Yes. I knew I had heard it somewhere. Thanks, Jay, for that little gem. (laughs) He
0: just picks it up from nowhere. (laughs) You're right. He does.
2: It came to him. It came to him. Thanks, Jay, for that gem. Well, I mean, that was a a good little traction control thing. So if you've got a question, send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about traction control systems. Is your car under recall? I'll tell you how you can find out next. You're listening to Autocorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Jermaine Flood. If you want even more Autocorrect, find our podcast on all podcast platforms for your smart device. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10am with a replay Saturdays at 11am. Here, here are some recent recalls. 45,000 plus Jeeps, Rams recalled for faulty fuel pump. These include vehicle model year 2021 to 23 gladiators and wranglers and model year 2022 to 23 ram 1500s equipped with the 3.0 liter diesel v6 engine the high pressure fuel pump failure may end Introduce internal debris into a fuel system and potentially cause fuel starvation. Fuel starvation can result in a loss of drive power, increasing the risk of a crash. To fix the issue, dealers are replacing the pump and other fuel system components as necessary for free. They are expected to send out letters June 2nd, but those with further questions can contact the manufacturer. And finally, in recall news, Stellantis recalls 131,000 plus RAM 1500s over powertrain software issues. This includes model year 2021 1500s equipped with a 5.7 liter torque hybrid V8 engine. The powertrain control module software may cause the fuel mixture condition, condition in the engine to be overly rich, resulting in the engine shutting down. An unexpected loss of power while driving increases the risk of a crash. To resolve the issues, dealers will update that software for free. Notification letters will be sent June 2nd, but those with further questions can contact the manufacturer. You can find out if your car has a past recall excuse me, by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, that's nhtsa.gov forward slash recalls, and inputting your VIN or find their Safer Car app. We're talking about traction control systems, and we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go straight to the phones. We've got Rachel and Eupora. Rachel, you are on with Coach Charlie. Okay, so you're talking my language this morning, traction control. <laughs> oh,
7: but, great. Uh, uh, every time I uh, crank up to leave my driveway, I lo- the panel comes up and says traction control service, or service traction control. And I go bucking up the road, jumping up the road, and my neighbor who rides with, with me quite a lot keeps telling Me that it's the uh, gasoline, and I'm saying no, it's something else. Bottom line, uh, what's wrong, and how much money am I looking at?
0: Well, once again, traction control, there's a lot of components involved in traction control. Just because that light comes on does not mean that the traction control is bad. That could tell you that there is an engine problem. There could be a fuel problem. There could be a transmission problem. There could be a driveline problem. The best thing to do to make sure that you find out exactly what's wrong with it, go somewhere, get it put on a scan tool. Because if you lose power in that vehicle, just say you had a cylinder missing, not working, it could make the traction Uh control light come on. Say if a spark uh-huh. plug is filed or or a coil is filed, it could make the traction control come on. So the best thing, wow. go get you a scan. Have somebody put a scan tool on it, pull the codes up, read them, and go from there. Mm. And then, you know, okay. it, it, may, it may be a simple fix. Uh, just say, what kind of car is it? It is a
7: 2012 uh, Chevrolet Cruze.
0: Okay, so it could be... It, it could be as simple as a wire broke at the uh, wheel speed sensor. Mm-hmm. It, it it could be an easy fix. It could be wiring right there. But usually when those traction control lights come on, it's usually something else, not really the traction mm-hmm. control. Okay. Really? Right. Okay. So I, I need professional help. Uh, go get a scan tool. If you don't, uh-huh. uh, you know, AutoZone, a lot of these others, uh, Advanced Auto, they have code readers, Okay, and what they're going to do? They're going to read that code. They're going to put that scan in. There, and they're going to say, "Well, you're going to need this, this, and this." Well, don't uh-huh. always go with this, this, and this, because then, oh. you, then you're just replacing parts. You know what you want to do is find out what code they have, and then go from there.
7: Well, I'm uh, I'm back at square one. I don't know enough about what you're saying. To okay, do you have a
0: do. do you have a mechanic <laughs> or that you d- take your car to? Yes, I do. Okay, what you need to do is take your car to that mechanic and tell him that you need to put it on the scan tool. And he'll know it. On the
7: scan tool. He'll
0: know exactly what you're talking about. Tell him your uh traction okay. control light stays on and he'll know exactly what you're talking about.
7: Okay. Scan tool.
2: Right, that's thank a scan tool. Thank
7: you
0: so much. Okay.
2: All right. Thank so you so welcome. much. You're so helpful, Coach. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you for your call. And you know what? Traction control systems is in right up my vo- vocabulary <laughs> as well. <laughs> She's like you're speaking my language. <laughs>
0: you know, you think about that. You know, I was thinking about the recalls you just talked about. We talked about a high pressure pump and a low pressure fuel pump just last week. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. What they're talking about being starved of fuel, what happens is the debris comes up from that high-pressure pump, and it clogs up the injectors. Mm -hmm. As it clogs up the injectors, fuel can't get to the engine. That's what they're talking about. Any other component, they may have to change. Because what happens, you got lines, you got rubber lines, all that gets into there and causes a lot of problems with that high-pressure pump.
2: Right? Can fuel starvation come from somewhere else? I like that word, fuel starvation, but can it also be brought on by something else other than just what you had said? Well,
0: on, when you talk about fuel starvation or fuel, too much fuel... A lot of our vehicles now have these things called mass airflow sensors, Mm -hmm. and that controls the fuel. And really, fuel is controlled by how much air the vehicle is getting. Okay. So once again, all these things come in together, and they all work with that computer, and that computer says, hey— this is what I need. This is what you need to give me. If I can't get it, we're going to give you a code.
2: The car is like a body. I'm telling like you, body. it works just like a body. It does. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Ashley and Biloxi on the line. Um, not yet. Not, okay. <laughs> We've got Ashley and Biloxi on the line. Ashley, you are on with Coach Charlie. Hi. Good
6: morning. Um, I got two things. One thing really quick. I discovered um, Car Talk years and years ago, like, you know, 15 Mm, years ago. And I listened to Car Talk. Real interesting cars. And I absolutely loved it. When it went off the air, I was very upset. And I was very happy to find your show here because I enjoy listening to y'all. Thank Um, you. Thank you. Thank you for that. (laughs) And um, so my question is, I inherited a 2006 or seven Chevy 1500 work truck. And it um it wasn't run for a little over a year, probably about a year and a half. It doesn't need a starter and a battery, we got it running. The um, check brake system notification is coming on. But other than that, what kind of maintenance should I be doing? It had our oops, a tank of gas. I'm scared there might be junk in the gas line. Like I don't know what to look for. And what kind of maintenance needs to be done on a
0: vehicle that sat that long? A 2006, if I it setting for a little while, I think it has a it does have a plastic fuel tank on it, so you really don't have to worry about rust or anything in that tank. You may get a little debris from whatever fuel was in there, but it has a inline fuel filter that's inside the tank, and some of them do have one on the rail. If it has a fuel filter on the rail, that means on the frame of the vehicle, you need to replace that fuel filter. Okay. okay. A lot of the ones today have fuel filters in the tank, but I think that one might have had a fuel filter on the frame of the vehicle. Change that fuel okay. filter, and if you already got it running it's, and it's running okay, I'd go ahead and put you a can of Foam in there, and that will help clean up any varnish that might have set up in those injectors. That will clean that varnish okay. off, and that will make What's it...
5: What's that called again? It's
0: called seafoam.
5: Okay.
0: Okay, any... Uh, Really, any fuel additive, we used to call it STP fuel additive, but any fuel additive that is a cleaner as well, and what do you do? You put it in the fuel, and you'll run it through there, and it'll clean all that carbon or varnish off those injectors, and if it's running good after that, you should be good.
6: And, and what about the brakes now? Because I looked up that, that notification, and it said that there could be air in the line. There's a couple of little things, but the brakes feel fine. Should I just bring it to the mechanic and have them run a check? Yeah, let me it, let me. As,
0: yeah, let me explain to you on those brakes. If your brake should stop even with your gas pedal, when you push on your brake, it should stop even with your gas pedal. If it goes mm-hmm. lower than your gas pedal, then maybe you do have air in the line. And how you can tell if you have air in line is that the brakes themselves would be spongy, and you know how you could just push them down and you could pump them mm-hmm. up a little bit more, and then they get harder. Okay, yeah. that's and the only way you're gonna get air in the line is somebody had opened the line and let fluid out. That's the mm-hmm. way well you're going to get okay. air in that line. So most likely that didn't happen. What I would do is if that little check engine light, I mean, the little brake light's on, go out there and make sure your master cylinder is full of brake fluid because it has a sensor on it to tell you if the brake fluid's low. And that, light okay. will, and that light will come on and you'll think you have a brake problem, but really you just low brake fluid. So that's an easy fix if that's the problem. Just go put some more brake fluid in it, and make sure you use dot three or four. Don't use dot five. Okay, you want to make sure you get the right brake fluid in there. I'm I'm writing this
7: down. (laughs) Okay, yeah, just make sure you
0: use dot three or four. Don't use five. Uh, So check that because it has a sensor right there. And then after that, if the brake light does not go off once again, the only reason that brake light's coming on either there's low pressure somewhere or there's a leak. So, really, I would check and see if you are full of fluid, And if, if it's low of fluid, maybe if that vehicle has sensors on it, I don't think it does. Uh, but I think that probably is your master a cylinder. a
7: pretty basic
6: truck. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's probably just a master cylinder that needs some fluid put in it.
6: Okay. Well,
2: thank you so much. Ashley, so thank welcome. you. And thank you for listening to us, too. Y'all have a great day. You, too. You too thank you. Coach, you did it again. <laughs> I just like to tell you when you just did it always
0: again. just you know. <laughs> there's so many different things out there on a vehicle. If you do not have the knowledge, and you need uh, somebody to help you, call. We can help you, or just don't take it to anybody because not everybody knows about your vehicle. And like I told you, I'm not saying anything about auto parts stores, but. They're going to read that code. They're going to say, hey, this is what you need. Mm-hmm. You're going to go buy it. And then you're going to be mad because you bought all these parts and put
2: on it. And that wasn't the problem. Mm. Well, you helped. You helped us that way, at least. Yes. <laughs> Coach, thanks for that. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about traction control systems between your car repair questions. What's in the news? Well, there's trouble in paradise. Tesla shareholder group complains Elon Musk is too distracted to run the company. I'll tell you more next. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired instructor from Clinton High School's automotive technology program, is our Our expert host, I'm Jermaine Flood. I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the public media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB public media app, you can actually click the button and talk to us. You can click the talk to us button, use that feature, and if you are broke down on the side of the road and you are mad as fire, you can call Coach and let him know what's going on and hopefully he can help you out. <laughs> What'd you say, Coach? I
3: said we may be able to fix it
2: <laughs> Yes, and we may be able to fix it I so. want to
3: clarify, this is not an on-demand repair service no, It's not on-demand, demand, it. no. but
2: when you are frustrated sometimes you just need to tell somebody and you can tell Coach Charlie through that button That's right
3: <laughs> hey, Don't direct your frustration at Coach Charlie
0: Well, Coach understands Yeah, but don't do it all to me You know, I can
2: handle some of it <laughs>
3: <laughs> explain Coach, to him what you're frustrated about. Yeah, there
2: you go. yeah, explain to him what you're frustrated about and on the next show. Without
3: expectation of a free on-demand auto repair service <laughs> through your phone.
0: Jay, you are
2: right.
3: <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean to rewrite that whole promo on the air. Thanks,
2: but Jay. It.
3: <laughs> it was more like a legal service than it was more than anything else for Coach Charlie. That's right. That's He's right. about to be on the hook for a bunch of free work. <laughs>
2: In addition to getting Coach Charlie on demand, you can also make a contribution with the support button. Contributions help keep our programs on the air for you and others to enjoy. And we thank you for your contribution to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with the replay. Saturdays at 11 a.m. Let's go back to the phones, Coach. We've got TC and McComb on the line. TC, you are on with Coach Charlie.
4: Alright, good morning Coach, good morning, uh, Mr. Lane, good morning Jay, good, good morning good morning. Good morning, and I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try and make this as quick as possible. Uh, my daughter got a, a 1999 Grand Dam um, uh, uh, Grand Dam uh, SE for a little bit of about 800 bucks and, uh, the thing was running good. And, uh, I, it had the engine lights and everything on it and it said it all needed changing. I told her first chance, which I got a little maintenance skills, uh, knowledge and mechanic knowledge, but I told her I was going to get to it. Where well, about a month later, uh, when I went to go get the uh, the vehicle to change the all and everything, I crank it up and I could hear like the lifters tapping like on the uh, the number one or number three by the firewall. And I said, uh, This didn't sound like that the last time, but in my theory of my mind, my boyfriend was very young. I think he probably got on a little too hard with 212,000 miles. But this is what I did. I went ahead and changed her spark plugs her coil packs and her wires, and also I started removing the uh, easier part, which I don't like them most that sit sideways, but I uh, took off the valve cover and checked her lifters in the front on the 246, which is good. So uh, I decided to go in the back, which is more complicated, and I took everything apart, the brackets, coil packs, and I even took the uh, uh, the uh, had to take the alternator loose, but I could not get that one bracket. A loose to get that the last two bolts out on the left side of the valve cover pan, and I was wondering, just uh, your knowledge, is there an extra bolt that I'm in? I took out two bolts. I'm sure it's one somewhere else. And uh, I watched a YouTube video for the, the lifter tapping. One video told me to uh, put uh, some oil in it and top it off with uh, heavy duty Lucas oil stabilizer, which didn't help. Then I saw another video. And he said to uh, fill it up with two quarts of Lucas All Heavy Duty Stabilizer and then top it off with oil. But still, the tapping is so bad. So I feel like that I still need to get them two bolts off and see
0: if I need to adjust the uh, rocker head and lifter. And I just want to get your opinion on that. Okay. First of all, Matt, that's an overhead cam engine, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah, Okay, if that's overhead cam engine, right? it does not have lifters in that particular engine. I do not believe it has tappets in the top of it because the camshafts are at the top and it's using uh, tappets. Uh, really, what here, for that alternator bracket, if you look down at the bottom of that alternator, there will be a hole, and in that hole is the bolt. You can't see it. Okay. You know, you probably can't see it. There's, I think there's three holding that bracket on, and one is down in the very bottom. It's a hole, and your socket's going to go in there, and it's going to take it out. Okay. That's the only way you're going to get to it unless there is a bolt that you can see. What I would do, do you have any access to all data or anything like that, or any software that you could go and see how to remove that alternator?
4: Uh, I tried a lot of videos, but uh, most of them don't show you how to do it. <laughs> okay, that's where that's,
0: that's why I'm trying to take that. boat must be down at the bottom. They can't get a camera down there. Maybe enough light to show you that hole. But there is one bolt that is it's long and it's going to go through there. It's going to connect to the block itself to the engine. So okay, okay. So you saying so you saying that particular vehicle don't have uh, lift rods? Uh, they've done away with push rods. You know, push rods, uh, okay. Yeah, that's thirty-four that, hundred. Yeah, well, that one may still have them, but you know the newer models do not have them. Uh, push rods, they're no more push rod engines. So they've done, but okay. that, this, that one this may.
4: yes, partic- this, this particular one do have does have the push rods, this is ninety nine. It's
0: the older model. Okay, it's let um, me. I could see them. Okay, let me tell you how to probably clean that up. What it has, you got varnish and all down in there, and you may have a rocker arm loose. But what I would do is take some seafoam engine cleaner. Put it in your oil, it'll go in your oil itself, and that will clean all that varnish because if it's a push rod it engine, it has a hydraulic lifters, and that hydraulic lifter has collapsed, and it probably has a whole bunch of varnish and all in there from the oil not being changed properly, and that will clean it up and make that pressure come back.
4: Okay, so i uh, put this, put this, the C-foam in the crankcase.
0: Right, and then crank that vehicle up let oh, okay. it run.
4: Okay. Okay. Uh, so any w- the varnish go? Any uh,
0: was that a good solution for the all uh, stabilizer? Or- oh yeah. But well, see, you're not what you're trying to do. The stabilizer is good, but what you need to do is try to clean that varnish mm-hmm. and that gook out of those lifters. Okay. Okay. I sure will because I did get some
4: uh, C foam, but I put half in the in the crankcase and half in the uh, in in
0: the gas. Yeah. Well, so, they they make I- some directly for the engine itself.
4: Okay, coach. Well, hey, I throw appreciate it. Y'all have a great day. TC, uh, thank you. You, thank you, you too. Thank, thank you. you, TC, for giving us a call. Thank yeah.
2: You. Thank you for listening, oh. TC. Coach, all I heard was C equals MC squared to the ninth power. And you, <laughs> you sir.
3: If we don't make t-shirts that say C foam in the crank, case and start selling them immediately. What are we even doing here?
0: That's what I'm saying. I should be getting paid by seat phone. Right.
2: (laughs) Coach, you you can take a big problem and make it just so simple. And to hear two people talk like that about cars is just amazing. Oh,
3: tappets and rackets. That was my favorite favorite wrestling tag team back in the 80s. Tappets tappets and and rackets.
2: rackets. That's it. Let's stay on the phones. We've got Sharon calling us from Jackson. Sharon, you're on with Coach. Charlie. Hi, I have
6: a 2014 Scion XT and I needed new tires. My tire size is 60 r 16 I had got my tires the last time at Firestone and they had to order them. This time Firestone said they don't carry them anymore for me to go to Goodyear. year. Uh, that was interesting. Um, but I had a call around and finally found the tires. So my question, do tires
0: stop being made in certain sizes? Well, you got to go back uh, several years ago when cars had 13-inch tires, they went to 14-inch tires, they went to 15-inch tires, and now they're all the way up to 22-inch tires. There are certain brands that will quit making a certain tire after so many years, they will change to another, but as of, you will be able to find that tire uh, at a wholesaler or somebody like that, uh, Hesselbeam or Gateway Tire. People like that will who deal with a mass quantity of tires. You will be able to find that tire, but there are certain manufacturers that will stop making the certain size tire if it doesn't sell. Okay, mm. yeah, I got it from Gateway, and they just
6: said we'll go to the warehouse and. We can get it
0: today. Right. They got uh, the warehouses right here in Jackson, and it used to be called Hesselbeam, and now it's called Gateway. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. So welcome. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Sharon, for your call. You know what? I miss my 13-inch tires that I had on um, my old Chevy Aveo, and I would rub it in everybody's face. and would be like, oh, I got to get a new set of tires. And I'd be like, oh, mine ain't nothing. I've got these 13-inch tires. I can get them all day, every day.
0: Well, you know, really all the trucks and all had 15-inch tires on it for years and years. Yeah. And a 15-inch tire now is hard to find.
2: Yeah. yeah. Cuz they
0: went to 16, then 16 got a little harder, they went to 17.
2: <laughs> so as the vehicles change, the, the tires, tires change. change with it. Yeah. All right. Well, in the news, there's trouble in paradise coach. Oh my god. Tesla shareholder group complains Elon Musk is too distracted to run the company. So, here it goes. <clears throat> a group a progressive Tesla shareholders want the company's board of directors to make CEO Elon Musk concentrate more on one of his many jobs and that of running the EV automaker. In a letter to the Tesla board, the group says that Musk is not spending enough time and attention focused on issues facing the company, including increased EV competition from other automakers and addressing issues important to the group, including allegations of a toxic work environment at Tesla. Um, so in a... a In addition to his role at Tesla, Musk, of course, also leads Twitter, SpaceX, and the Boring Company and Neuralink, among others. So they said initially they added Tesla to their portfolios because um, they saw Tesla as a true leader in producing products. But over time, they have grown increasingly concerned with governance and leadership issues at the company. Now, by comparison, Musk owns or has options to purchase about $118 billion worth of Tesla shares representing 20% of the stock, um, but Musk has a net worth of $175 billion, according to Forbes. That's it. The letter alleges Musk's lack of focus at Tesla is causing problems for the company such as high turnover rate with its staff due to its work environment, but it doesn't spell out what should be done to make him focus on those problems. So they're saying in the letter, Tesla needs a board that will ensure that the CEO is focused on addressing its challenges and due to the board's failure to restrict the CEO's outside commitments and ensure he is focused on solving the many challenges the company faces, they've lost confidence in its members. There are other investors who are concerned about Musk becoming distracted, especially with his recent purchase of Twitter, as well as his ownership and running of SpaceX and another, uh, other companies. But they're saying the group is not advocating that Musk be replaced at as CEO. But Musk is now Just essentially... But, yeah.
3: Come back and pay attention to it. But us.
2: here's the thing. He's now essentially working for Tesla for free with no cash salary. And after being granted a final block of stock options from a 2018 pay package earlier this year, there are no additional stock options that he can qualify for at the moment. Some analysts have said that they expect and would advocate that Tesla announce a new pay package for Musk as a way to ins- assure Wall Street that Tesla is still his priority despite his other CEO jobs.
0: Well, what do you expect if you're not getting paid? yeah you know if you're not getting paid, what do you expect? He's worth billions of dollars. but since Elon Musk is not doing his job very well, I think ExxonMobil is moving in.
2: yeah, so talk about Exxon and this new fuel. <laughs> you know,
0: ExxonMobil has now come up with a blended fuel that is renewable and it can be used in the vehicles today without no damage,
2: and they get better gas mileage.
3: Mm. Uh-oh.
2: How is it for, do you know it the, the eco-friendliness of it? Oh, yes. It's 100% eco-friendly. Oh.
0: We're i um, hook up to it, Coach. So, well, you got ExxonMobil and you got several other companies producing, uh, uh, fixing to produce that fuel, so oh, it okay. goes into our vehicles now.
3: Okay. mm
2: Hey,
0: the carbon footprint's getting smaller.
2: mm Hopefully so. Hopefully so. (laughs) Well, that countered that news story. I'll have a link to the news story (laughs) in our show's description. That was pretty good, though, Coach. Coach got him on that one. Hey, renewable resources. That's what we're looking for. Right, right, right. We're discussing traction control systems and taking your repair questions. You can send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up in Coach's Tip of the Week. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
5: Here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect.
1: This week we're driving a luxury sports sedan, a true driver's car that also comes with its own chauffeur. It's a 2023 Cadillac CT4. The CT4 is Cadillac's compact car. shares architecture with the Camaro. And it really is almost like a four-door Camaro in the way it handles and behaves. Very tight steering, very tight suspension. This one has a 2.7 liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine. 310 horsepower. It's quick. It's fast. It has all-wheel drive. It still has pretty decent gas mileage, 21 miles per gallon in the city, 29 on the highway. Inside, contrasting brown leather seats. I really like them. They're heated and ventilated, heated steering wheel. You also have a heads-up display, Bose audio, and all the crash-avoidance systems. But the thing I really like about it, this one comes with Super Cruise. So on the interstate, on pre-approved roads, you press the button, you can take your hands off the wheel, and just make sure you're looking down the road and let the car drive itself. So all, all in all, a very enjoyable car. So let's talk about price. CT4 starts just under $35,000. This one has equipped $53,215.
5: See the full video on his YouTube channel. Auto Casey and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel.
2: This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with the replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. at Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. I'm Jermaine Flood and our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Tech technician. It's time for Coach Charlie's tip of the week. Yeah, since we're talking about traction control here, if that traction control
0: light comes on and stays on, that means you may have a problem because the traction control does not stay on. The light should not stay on all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's not always the traction control problem. It could be a engine or transmission problem. So make sure you put it on the scan tool.
2: Okay. And you know what I think about that? You know, sometimes the traction control can act as the white blood cells. Of the car. These cars are like bodies to me now. I I see everything works within itself. But like traction control can kind of let you know everything's kind of working the way it should if it's going on and off, like you were saying.
0: Well, you know, um, since my wife is a doctor, I've always used teaching in my class. Oh, body parts okay. to the vehicle. Yeah. Like the heart is the
2: oil pump, you know, stuff like that. It sort of worked out pretty good. Right. For me. <laughs> well good. I'm right in the pocket, <laughs> <So. in. laughs> we're gonna go back to the phone lines. We've got Marcy in Ocean Springs. Marcy, you are on with Coach Charlie. Thank you. Hey Coach
5: Charlie. Hey Jermaine Hey um, <laughs> I have two little quick comments and then I have a question. Um the first thing is I I promise you I get gas from a station one station and then I get gas from another service station and one of them I can go further than the other one with the same amount of fuel and I'm wondering if it's uh, you know the density of the fuel or what but I, and it's not that I drive differently you know I drive consistently so is it possible that that one of the stations fuel is actually
0: getting me further well if you think about fuels really fuels come from uh, a lot of the same depots they have the, the fuel trucks come in they get the fuel from there you have a chevron down there uh, and uh, collins and you have the one in vicksburg there's fuel depots all over and what could happen is that from a different fuel if it's shell or if it's chevron they may be putting a different type of additive in the in the fuel itself okay mm-hmm. now if the additives change yes okay you could get better fuel mileage so that is the reason that but the fuel itself until they put the additives in it it's the same fuel it's all distilled
5: ah okay all right the other thing is i I noticed last time i was at my mechanic and i needed to wait for a part to come from the parts place that wasn't very far away uh i kept wondering what was taking so long and i asked the lady, you know, at the desk, and she said, well, you know, they can only drive a certain speed. They can't go over 45, and they may not have left the shop yet, and also they're running short of drivers. And I thought, good Lord. You know, she said sometimes she gets in the car and goes there and gets it herself. Because it takes them
0: so long. You know, that has made me so mad over and over when I'm waiting on a part and I need the part and they were going to deliver the part and it takes two or three hours to get the part. Yes, I usually go get it myself as well because of that problem. And it is, I will tell you, that they do have now on these delivery vehicles, they have a computer on them that goes to a central station and saying how long they were at a place, how long it took them to get there, and what their speed monitoring. And that's all insurance. Uh, cause of insurance.
7: Okay.
5: So just so people know, you know, they're wondering what's taking so long. It's It's, probably one of those.
0: It's because uh, because of regulations.
5: Okay. The other thing is um, I have to go from Ocean Springs to uh, Queens, New York, in the fall with my Jetta TDI 2013 sedan. And I just want to know what are the major things I need to make sure are functioning properly. I, I do get the light for the catalytic converter, and I put the additive in the where the gas goes. Great. But it just comes back on every now and then. It comes back on. But I know that it's going to be like thousands of dollars if I have to get a repair.
0: Well, if you're talking about the catalytic converter, it's probably talking about as insignificant uh, catalyst. And what I would do, you have a... Two oxygen sensors. You have an upstream oxygen sensor and a downstream oxygen sensor. One of those oxygen sensors could be bad, causing that, and that is a relatively small fix.
2: Marcy, well, I hope that helps. We're about to get out of here. Thank you so much for your call. Down
5: in my notebook. Say that Thank word again?
0: Catalytic converter. There are oxygen sensors.
2: Oxygen sensor. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you, Marcy. Um, Before we go, I just want to go ahead and say um, rest in peace to Jerry Springer, talk show host and former Cincinnati mayor, has died today at the age of 79. Wow. So that'll wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Our crew engineer is Jay White, call screener Kevin Farrell. For Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician, I'm Jermaine Flood. Thanks for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.